Welcome to the Bookish Besties, where we talk about books and their film adaptations. I'm your co-host, Seher Abid. And I'm Taya. Today, we will be talking about The Death Cure. Um, disclaimer, we kind of spoil the entire book, series, and movie, so read or watch them, or don't. This is the third episode of our dystopian season. So, The Death Cure, it takes place one month after the Scorch Trials has ended, and basically it starts with the survivors of Group B and A reuniting and learning about who is immune and who is not immune. Newt is not immune. Yeah. So there's Jackson, and then there's also the girl from Group B, but we never hear of them again, so they probably die. Well, they do die. Yeah. (laughs) And what happens is also in this time when they meet, Ratman tells them, hey, we can take that brain chip out of your head. And the brain chip basically takes away their memory and allows them to be controlled by Wicked. So, (laughs) of course, the Ivy Trio, they're like, we don't want to do that. And everyone is like, why not? And then everyone ends up escaping without them. And Ivy Trio is like, you traitors. So then they leave on their own and they go to the last city, which is in Denver, where they meet the right arm and then they're all plotting to basically destroy the Wicked headquarters to stop their experiments. And that's basically what they're doing throughout the book. Okay. I honestly liked this book. I will say it it felt different from the Maze Runner and the Scorch Trials, in my opinion. Just had a different feel to it because of the fact that the first one was very, you're confined to this glade, which is underground in the headquarters or outside, depending on book or movie. Or in the Scorch Trials, you're very exposed. You feel like you're in the middle of nowhere. You know, you're, you're very vulnerable, especially with cranks just wandering around so this one kind of felt like a mix of them both i feel like and you go to denver they kind of go on these little adventures but yeah i really liked this book also can we just like appreciate the chapter length i know no one speaks about this but when they're short these are really short chapters because there's like 75 ish and oh my god it is so nice because you get through them so much quicker i feel like um i don't know if that's just me and another note to anyone who doesn't want to support authors of books, try and find them secondhand. Just for whatever reason, sometimes authors can be a bit problematic. So, or just look into what they have done or how they have addressed the issues that they've come into. Because you want to be responsible book buyers. I mean, buying books and reading books are two different hobbies, I feel like. They're separate, they're connected. <laughs> but just there are ways to not support the author and support independent bookstores or libraries, etc. So that's good. Also, tips in quarantine. If you can't go to your library, there you can find books on the Apple Books. I know if you have like an Apple phone, yeah, they just have a books app that comes with it and there are some free ones. You can also buy them. Also, depending on where you live, there's sometimes an, an online library and I use that often. They're only like audiobooks and ebooks, um, but it does take a while to get that. Tips, Tips and tricks. <laughs> um, yeah, so I did, I really like this one. I feel like we didn't really address the betrayal last time, um, just slightly, but the fact that Brenda still works for Wicked in the death cure, in the beginning of the death cure, I think that's kind of overlooked. Yeah, she's basically with Thomas and Mino 
and Gally. And also one thing that's like also overlooked is the fact that like she didn't really have any reason for why she betrayed Wicked. She's kind of like, kind of feel like it. Feeling cute, I'm gonna betray Wicked. But the thing is, the reason why Thomas likes her, Thomas, Thomas only likes Brenda because in his mind, she didn't betray him. And because he has the emotional range of a teaspoon, he believes that everything that she does is somehow relates to him, even though in reality, everything that Brenda does is for her own self-benefit. Nothing she does is for Thomas, compared to Teresa, which like, I mean, she does some things for Wicked and she portrays people, but she was trying to like keep them safe, especially in the books. We're not talking about the movies right now, but in the books, Teresa almost does everything for Thomas. She has reasons instead of, I woke up and chose betrayal. And um, I will say, I do not like love triangles in general. And I think the love triangle between Thomas, Brenda, and Teresa was really unnecessary. Um, just, I don't know. I feel like this is a personal thing, but Thomas really kind of rubs me the wrong way. I don't know if that's just me. He'd be the type to throw away a Talenti container. A what container? A Talenti container. It's a gelato. You know those gelato containers? No one throws those away. Oh, you keep those yeah, for like yeah, arts those. and crafts. Yeah, that's that's where we put all our spices. We just put them in those containers. <laughs> yeah, I felt also that... I felt like the vibes of each of the books were very different. But especially with Death Cure because... Um, the Scorched Trials and Maze Runner, they were both in a controlled environment, while Death Cure was, like, actually, like, Thomas actually making decisions for himself instead of Wicked. Because Wicked, before, they are like, telling him what to do, and he's just going along with that, even if he was making minor decisions. Now he's, like, escaping and doing whatever. Well, like, when he got shot in the Scorched Trials, and they're like, this is not okay we didn't plan for this so then he was out for like a month and everyone was just like it's fine that's when you know you're the main character they were in a scorch for another month yeah they just like left his friends remember they didn't take the friends with them they were just kind of chilling that's how you know you're the main character is if you get shot with a rusty crusty dusty bullet and wicked drags you back to headquarters and saves your life and sends you out when they they just shipped him back and he was really drugged yeah I, I mean i don't really have much to say about the death cure honestly or at least like review wise i guess i i'll talk more in like character and like plot and stuff um one thing i feel like i'm just gonna get this out of the way this is kind of controversial but page 250 i think that a lot of people say that that's not acceptable and that that shouldn't happen and i think that that almost, I don't want to say needed to happen, but it, it wouldn't have had the same effect if it was Frypan who died or um, some other side character because it would feel like Winston in the movies or Chuck in the books and movies. It wouldn't have that same like shock factor because to be honest, you can't have a character go through a dystopian setting, this story, and no one dies. I mean, yeah, also, the book is from Thomas's point of view, so, like, if it was just, like, some side character, he's not gonna care that much, and it's, like, not as dramatic, I guess. Exactly. So, I feel like, I'm not gonna say it. Newt specifically had to die, but someone had to die really close to him in order to have that, like, character development later on. I think they chose Newt for a few reasons. One is because he kind of held everyone together. So actually, I would like to know what the dynamic would be after. We only kind of got to see a little of that. It would it would not be good. Um, Thomas is way more traumatized in the books than he is the movies, in my opinion. Because 
for starters, he shot his best friend in the head. Um, he left Teresa to die compared to her falling off a cliff and Newt, <laughs> yeah. like, kind of stabbing himself. That was kind of unclear. Versus the book, so much more happened. Okay, one thing that... Okay, in the book, like, his character, one thing that annoyed me was, like, how stubborn Thomas is and, like, how much he, like, underestimates everyone else. Like, he kind of just believes, oh, I'm always doing everything correctly, I know what I'm doing, and then everyone else's opinions is blah. Especially, like, when literally everyone else in Group A and everyone in Group B, they all, like, went along, they're like, hey, we'll just go along with this. Then Thomas is like, ha, traitors. And he, Mino, and Newt are all stubborn, being like, we'll just not do it. And then they end up escaping, and then Thomas is like, what? That's crazy. I would have never thought of that, but like... Kind of just underestimates, like, everyone else, I feel like. I cannot stand stubborn characters. I feel like it's that kind of stubbornness that I can't stand. Also, another thing is, with the movie... Like, it confuses me how everyone cares about Thomas so much. Like, when Thomas and Brenda, they're talking, and then Brenda's like, I'm not gonna leave you here, Thomas. And then Thomas is like, no, seriously, Brenda, you should actually go. And then Brenda's like, no, Thomas, I can't leave you. And then Thomas is like, bruh. And Brenda still tries to, like, get him, even though (laughs) Thomas is like, you are probably gonna die. Like, I don't see, like, why would you do that? And then also that, like, Vince guy... As soon as Brenda and him met, and then he's he's like, oh, where's Thomas? And Brenda's like, oh, I'm gonna go get him. And Vince is like, hell yeah. I'm just like, do you guys not see all these other kids that were literally kidnapped, and now you guys have to get to safety? Like, you guys just care about Thomas that much? It's just, it's so weird. The thing is, is that everyone's willing to risk their lives for Thomas, even though his personality isn't even that good. And at the same time, he quote-unquote risks his life for people like his friends specifically and it's it is shown that he's this selfless character but in reality everything he does is for him i'm not gonna say that but mostly everything he does is for himself if if your friend dies it's gonna affect yourself it's basically for himself and those close to him which is like honestly I mean, this is kind of how I, like, expect most people to act in a dystopian world, but then I also don't get, like, why are other characters caring so much about Thomas then? He's the main character. Yeah, exactly. I feel like also a lot of people who watch a movie, I know a lot of people don't read the books and only watch it because, I'm not gonna gatekeep, but a lot of people only watch it because of the actors or actresses in it, and most people think that um, Thomas is a good character because he's played by Dylan O'Brien, and I'm like, he's really not a good character. Thomas is- He's so bland. He has no personality. Basically, all he does is does, like, risky things and gives speeches. Really bad speeches at that. (laughs) Main character stuff and character vibes. Okay, something- I didn't really like the Death Care movie, but one thing that I did really appreciate about it was the relationship that Brenda and Jorge had. Like, we barely got to see them interact in the books, but I really like how they showed how close they were and how much they cared about each other. I thought that was really sweet. Yeah, no. I was really happy to see that because I felt like that kind of added to their characters. As you said, they didn't really exist. 
Gally comes back. There's some news about Gally. One thing is I think that obviously his character in the book and movie are quite different in the death cure when he comes back because in the book they meet in this sketchy apartment and he's like, hey, you know what? I don't really like you, but I'm gonna save Mino because why not? Or they just meet up to help him and there's no love lost. They do not really like each other at all. And in the movie, he's like, hey, Greenie. And I'm like, that is not Gally at all. <laughs> I found it so funny because like Mino's like, I literally stabbed you, Gally. And Gally is like, not everyone's perfect. I'm just like, Gally. No, no. When Gally said, no, you left me to die. I felt like that was so unfair because um, we weren't going to take you with us with a spear coming out of you. That is so unfair. Thomas is like, did you not just shoot my friend? Or like, did that just not happen? Yeah. Also because Gally didn't really almost die in the books. He was just beaten. In the books, Thomas just yeah. beat him up. The thing is, like, the difference between in the movie and, like, in the books is Gally is, like, in the books, he's more just doing it because he kind of has to and it's, like, his goal to destroy Wicked and because he's, like, so done with everything, but he's not chill with Thomas or anything. But in the, like, movie, he's, like, really chill and nice. Yeah, his character definitely changes a lot. Like, comparative. He's not nice, but, like, comparative. He's, like, pretty chill about being stabbed <laughs> and quote-unquote left to die. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so you I don't not. even know the tea. Um, one thing about Galley is in the books he said he was talking to Thomas and kind of justifying what happened because they all kind of knew that he was being controlled. But what you find out is it may have been a mixture of him being controlled by Wicked, as they can control your brains and your movements. But also he kind of agreed to this because he thought he'd be killing Thomas, and then his justification for this was, "I thought I'd be killing Thomas, but I would no way. There's no way I would have killed Chuck." And I'm like, you almost did in the bathrooms. You, what? I mean, not, okay, he didn't almost kill. He was just angry. He wasn't going to kill Chuck, though. Well, yeah, but then he posed it as this thing of, I would never hurt Chuck, but I'm like, but you would hurt Thomas. Thomas didn't really do anything bad to you in comparison to Chuck. And you don't even know Chuck that well. I mean, Chuck didn't do anything bad. He was just like a little kid that just played pranks on people. Like, Gally can't take a joke. <laughs> he can't. In the books. In the movie, he cracks them all the time with the, hey, greenie, insert dramatic music. Yeah, it's... Okay, it's really weird how he keeps on saying that in the movie. Like, calm down, Gally. I feel like this is kind of... When it comes to names for Thomas, because just... Thomas has so many names. First of all, Teresa calls him Tom in the books, and it's so disconcerting because Tom just doesn't fit him at all. And then Newt calls Thomas Tommy. We already know that, but in the books, he calls him that consistently. He doesn't kind of refer back to Thomas, which he does in the movies. And I was like, that's not okay, okay? It's Tommy. It's not Thomas, Newt. Okay, you should know this. It's quite frustrating. <laughs> Here, can we talk about Teresa's death? Yeah. I mean, we're getting ahead of ourselves. Yeah, let's talk about Teresa's death. Okay, I didn't really like how she died in either the book or movie. No. It wasn't fun. It, it well, was- <laughs> Okay- Okay, if you read the, like, kill order in Fever Code, okay, you, like, see all the layers to, like, Teresa's character, how big of a deal she actually is, right? So there's so much build-up for, like, Teresa's character and, like, so much character development. And then- Literally, in the books, she just died from a ceiling tile, like, right before they were gonna get a safety. And that she died in the movie, like, and how she died in the movie was even worse. She was just standing there looking around. At least in the books, it was, like, a quick thing. Like, it's not like she was just standing in the hallway waiting to be crushed. 
<laughs> well, because Wicked kind of tricks them in the end of the death here. But I will say, Teresa's death, I feel like she tries in the book not to die. But in the movie, I guess a lot of people say... Sorry, I don't know who's a lot of people. I sound like so educated. I'm really not. But if you ever think that Teresa could have jumped onto the Berg, I would say she probably hesitated because of the fact that if she would have lived, no one would have forgave her. Because first of all, she knows Newt's dead. So Mino and Thomas are going to be a wreck. Mino hates Teresa and nobody likes her in general there. So she doesn't feel accepted. She did what she wanted to do. She found a cure. So her job was making sure Thomas and the cure got on the Berg. And then once that happened, she was kind of, I feel like she was almost done. And so that's why she didn't try as hard. Honestly, Teresa, I could talk about her character all day and just going back and forth. And now that I think about it, because her character in the movie and books are actually very different. So, I mean, the deaths, they mean different things in each of the yeah. books and movie. Except I just don't like her death in the book. Why does she have a death like that? It just kind of felt like the author just, like, killed her off. Just Last for, like, minute. A dram- yeah, for just, like, a dramatic ending. But, like, really, it, it could have been better. I feel like a lot happened in the last 20 pages of the death gear. And there was so much going on that you just didn't know. Oh, Teresa's dead. Okay. And I feel like the ending felt super rushed. I don't know if that's just me, but a lot happened and it was just... Yeah, it was like they're in the glade, then ceiling starts to fall, then they're in the freaking maze, then they're fighting grievers, then yeah. they're in some hallway running, and then Ratman is like a crank, and they there's gotta like get other to the cranks door. Like fighting them, and then they're like running in the hallway, and then Teresa dies by like more ceiling tile, and then they're just like in this, this safe haven place, and they're just sitting there holding hands, so I'm kind of just like... Not Teresa, but Brenda and Thomas. Yeah, Brenda Ugh, and Thomas. I hate I mean, their relationship. There's nothing based off of it besides, like, holding hands and cuddling under a desk from No-No's Man, talking about Rose. That is their relationship. Yeah, I feel like they don't don't really have any emotional connection. They just, like... Or chemistry. They just kind of just, like, hold hands. Yeah, I didn't really see any chemistry. It just, like, happened because it could. And I also, I just kind of felt like it happened, not because there's any chemistry, but for the sake of a love triangle. So it just, like... Yeah, I definitely agree with you. And then also for the fact that, especially in the dystopian genre or any kind of book that has a lot going on with people dying, your friends dying, a lot of the emotions can be intensified because of the circumstances that you're put under. Just because like you're in some tunnels with someone that you're remotely attracted to and that holds your hand, then you suddenly have a relationship with them. I feel like that doesn't mean that you're meant to be with them, if that makes sense. Also, another thing that bugged me was just the way that they handled Newt wanting to die, because when he knew that he had the flare earlier, he said that he didn't want anyone else to see him die, so he went to the, you later learn, he went off out of the berg, etc. But the fact that he mentioned, we already knew that he's tried to kill himself once, the fact that he wants to do it again, and he later can't, and then makes Thomas kill himself, it's just like, really, you turn the suicidal character, and you just kill him off. That's just like, there's, well, it's sad, but also just that, that doesn't really relate well to modern parallels. I mean, how do I excrete that? That's just kind of messed up. If a character in your book wants to kill themselves, please do not make it so then they try and do 
that multiple times or they get their friend to do it for them please don't make it so that they end up dying just it was so unnecessary just don't mention that then because it's very problematic and I don't know how to describe it but it's kind of disturbing almost because he's suicidal and then they just kind of carry through with that and it, it, it just irks me it doesn't sit right with me yeah definitely it's disturbing especially because then Thomas has to kill him that's not fair to either of those characters. And honestly, now that I'm thinking about it, was it necessary for Newt to have someone kill him? I mean, he got hit by a car. Thomas ran him over. Oh yeah, in the book, he's just run over. The likelihood of that, I will say, in the movie, it hurts more that they found a cure right before Newt died. So I feel like that's why everyone gets sad, not to mention the character dying, but also because there was a possibility of him living. But in the books, he didn't, and he just kind of left, which that's such like, you know Mino and Thomas would never have left their friends if they got stung. I feel like that's just so sad. I'm sorry. Yeah, um, remember when we were how we were discussing how their relationship would be like after they find out that Newt's dead in this like safe haven where they're living together? Newt and Mino, they're probably not gonna be friends. Oh my god. Yes, we were talking about this earlier. If Brenda, like, I feel like she could totally just tell Mino. Be like, by the way, Thomas shot Newt in the head. And then the two things could happen. A few things could happen with um, Mino and his reaction. He could either shank Thomas and like get really mad or something. I feel like he could be very angry or he'd like never speak to him again or a mixture of them both. Or he might be friends, but I feel like that's very unlikely for him to continue having the same relationship. It might make them stronger, but very unlikely. Very unlikely, yeah. I feel like Thomas, he is not gonna tell Mino about this because I feel like Mino just assumes that Newt is out there being a crank. So like, if Mino was to find out that no, Newt isn't just roaming out there being a crank, Thomas literally shot Newt. I feel like Mino would probably be the type to like try to find a, like an external like source to take his anger out on, and that source would be Thomas. So I don't think their relationship would quite work out after that would happen, especially because Thomas wouldn't have told Mino right away. Yeah. He'd probably just not tell him, and then like Brenda's like, oh remember that Thomas and then Thomas is like no and then Mino's like what yeah I feel like that's not in Mino's personality to forgive easily he's very that's just not his personality um or his character <laughs> he's just like understandable have a good day <laughs> he's just, like, that. yeah that's not happening and at the same time I don't know if he'd be emotionally capable to process that so he might just like un not process it and pretend that it never happened which is like super unhealthy and it'll probably mm. lead to like later issues but I just thought of one thing that we learn in the crank palace but with the journal what if Ava Page gets back to them so she's comes in bringing Newt's journal and it's like so when I was trying to save him after the bullet that you put in his head and Mino be like wait what especially I feel like Ava Page is gonna get the notebook just like the fact if she does even bring the notebook back she's gonna bring it back to Thomas and that by itself is gonna make Mino really really mad that Thomas is the one that gets the notebook I mean, he already got, like, the letters. He he got the letter in the score in the movie and the book. The letter was addressed to him, to Thomas, and they Thomas? just, like, forgot Mino's relationship with Newt for the first three years. That didn't make any sense. I felt like their relationship was, like, very... Because they've been friends for so much longer than Thomas and Newt. I didn't like the whole Crank Rebellion in the movie. I thought that was really, like... It, well, they weren't actually cranks because remember, you can't get cranks from the sun flare. There probably is some cranks in there, like in the mix, but there are some healthy people. Why would people that are not cranks be there running around? Because they're cranks not elite. When they could be fitted. 
Is that your dryer? Yep. <laughs> Background music. Is it, that's our podcast music, guys. That's our intro music. Just sorry to... <laughs> My dryer. Yeah, your dryer. Um, like, I found it weird, like, in the timeline of the movie, how No-Nose Man is, like, this crank, and he takes forever to turn into a crank, right? Then you have, like, Thomas that turns into, like, a, like, past-the-gone crank, like, within two hours. Thomas? No, I mean Newt. Um, I believe it's a couple days because remember the the Crank Palace. But they also, they did address that. I'm talking about in the movie. Oh, they did address that in the books at least, which I feel like could be a parallel to the movie. In the fact that his brain was working so much more. That's why Bliss slows it down because you kind of zone out and you're not really using your brain and it attacks you more. And so Newt's the type of person to think a lot and to overthink things and to worry so i feel like all that stress and all that like brain activity could have really agitated it to move forward all in all you're still luckier to be immune i think that's a takeaway the fact that these kids are so privileged and i mean i understand they get homes they get education they get food no Okay, the movie ending pisses, I know, and also, like, one thing that, like, Ratman was really weird in the movie. I don't know why he kept on, like, trying to go after these, like, teenagers and just kill them. Like, when they were literally their test subjects for, like, years and years, and then Ratman is like, never mind that, they ran away. Because in the books, at least, he's, like, really done with everything. He's, like, dead on the inside. He just wants to finish this and wrap it up and find a cure. In the movie, he's just trying to go after Thomas. He murders Ava paid and it's just like why yeah he has like he has a weird emotional connection to a bunch of teenagers and insists on continuing to be obsessed with them it's kind of concerning actually it's like that one high school teacher that's just so invested in your life because of they had their peak already and the only thing they can do is like eavesdrop into your life so that they can have some little joys it's so sad <laughs> and then the fact that ratman has been watching them their whole life already so he already knows the peaks and lows and like grew up with them okay also i was gonna say yeah i brought up ratman because of the point you're making on about how privileged they are in the movie at least when he was like talking to Teresa to get the cure back he is kind of like you guys are so privileged you guys didn't have to do anything to be immune you guys get all this stuff you don't have to worry about turning into a crank and going insane well no our us when the antagonist has us, a point yeah and us like everyday people have to and i'm kind of just like okay what kind of pisses me off is that they took the cure from ratman in the movie i'm just like let him have it because he doesn't deserve it no but the thing is Teresa ends up giving how would they replicate it she said she ends up giving the cure to thomas right and then thomas goes on the bird and i really did not like the ending of the movie and then they literally go to this like safe haven place where it's just a bunch of immunes like what are you gonna do with the like what are you gonna do with the cure if there's no one to cure because all of you guys are immune no it's just it felt very selfish and i understand like just like let ratman like no don't let him live because thomas has plenty of blood no i understand that i mean okay i just there's no reason i just felt it was like ratman he sucked but also like i felt like it was very unnecessary to like hate the cure well actually where would they have given it also if they need to replicate it but at the same time i feel like the way that the yeah. cure was invented makes no sense just the science behind it I know. It, it doesn't make any sense but we won't focus on that it was like imagine working this much towards finding a cure and then this girl is just like hey yo so we found this kid's blood and it literally just like eats up the virus and and then basically they found a cure within like 30 seconds after all of these years of doing 
doing research and i'm kind of just like hey yeah i feel like but then at the same time ratman shows very little motivation yeah. to keep thomas alive even after he finds out that he's the cure at this point he just wants revenge yeah. so i don't think it's smart to one spare his life and two continue on because ratman has always viewed or not always but thomas and Teresa had always been viewed as these characters that were they were almost put on a platform because they were smart they were immune they had all these things going for them but then once ratman at the end once he kind of got fed up he treated thomas like he was expendable which i really it didn't sit right with me because dude he's the cure i know he's very reckless with how he treats thomas and all the other tests yeah and it's really confusing because you see like comparison to like book ratman that actually has like common sense and stuff and is just like trying to find the cure then you just have movie ratman that's just like trying to kill them all for like no reason okay some themes that i wrote down were um teamwork guys and trust because trust is a huge thing as Per usual in anything but yeah teamwork is definitely a thing they kind of all work together to do things and of course they always follow thomas's directions yeah the thing is in the movie like all of group a is dead except for thomas mino and you yeah group b they have so many more survivors they have so many people because they're smart <laughs> there's only i know actually like they actually probably cared about the people there while well, you just have like thomas mino oh and fry pan i forgot about him for everyone forgets about him yeah because like at the end of the death here there's at least like 10 of them left and it started out with like 40 people that's sad yeah trust is like a huge thing because again with the whole they basically it comes into play with wicked because they don't trust wicked they're trying to destroy wicked after everything they've been through and like you see ratman and like ava page and just everyone trying to convince them again trust us trust us especially teresa and they're kind of like no so yeah we don't really have that many themes they kind of all connect back as we've mentioned before yeah in the scores trials and maze runner some of the common themes ready oh no <laughs> what, what would you, you do, do? <laughs> honestly i wouldn't want to live through this I hope I, like, die in the Scourge or something. Or actually in the maze, because this seems awful. Yeah, imagine, like, the PTSD that, like, you'd have to come back to the maze if you lived that long just to see the Grievers again. I didn't even... I mean, I thought about that, but not that's messed up. And then you're put in here trying to trying to break your friend out and Thomas just strolls in here like, hey guys. And you're like, um, sir, we need to get out of here and I have PTSD. Honestly, honestly... If I was in the death cure, I would, if I was, like, part of the dudes group, like, I'm a dude, I would leave them ASAP and I'd go hang out with group B because they seem to actually know what they're doing. So, I just joined them. I also really wouldn't want to, like, shoot my best friend in the head. I mean, that's basically you. That's the equivalent of you. <laughs> would you shoot me in the head? Kill me, I mean? Assuming I'm not immune. I don't know if okay let's say if you were just like acting like mute and you kept on begging me to kill you while you were crank i really wouldn't want to i probably I, i'd probably want to just get back in my car and drive away but that feels like God. such a like i couldn't leave you like that but i can't bring you with me and i can't. well you could bring my head um uh i probably you know what i probably chit chat with you do you understand how well that chit chat went i you know what newt did he blamed thomas for everything this made a lot of people 
people, I understand Newt was cranking out here, but he was like, do you want to know why? That was so bad. Imagine no. being Thomas and that. Newt was like, I hated every minute of my life and you made it miserable and it's all because of you. This is all your fault, Tommy. Now just get it over with and kill me. Just kill me. And I'm just like, the emotional damage of that imagine you're someone's best friend go on to tell them like right before you make them kill you that oh yeah everything we did together i hated you every second of it it's just yeah. so sad i poor mito just like left out of everything huh <laughs> this is the third wheel i mean at least he didn't have to shoot anyone or be shot true well oh yeah thomas was shot wow everyone getting a little the thing is i honestly i think that would have adds, added some spice they totally should have done that instead of like brenda where they hold hands newt had so much more chemistry with thomas than brenda did in both the books and the movies i know they had so many moments they had so many potential moments and moments everything should have just come together yeah then he's a crank though Ooh, let's say Let's say if you were like Brenda or Teresa, you're in their spot of like believing in Wicked th this whole time. Do you think you would still work with them like throughout the death cure or like in the time when group A or group B are escaping, you escape with them and help them out? Like if you're just like working for them. Um, no, I would, I would not work for Wicked because They've shown numerous times that we are expendable and we don't matter. Especially if you're Brenda, because Brenda isn't immune. They took her brother. By the way, if you don't know, George, her brother, was put into the maze. And Albie, when he got stung, which he got stung earlier, so that's kind of a difference between the book and the movie, um, in the maze runner itself. But they get stung at different times. They get stung after Thomas comes. But in the books, they, they get stung before. But anyway, when Tom er, when Albie was stung... He kind of cranked out and grabbed, like, a spear and kind of put it through George's neck. And so that's how he died. Yay! Just, it's a small world. Yeah. It's kind of scary to, like, imagine you're in the maze. You get stung. You're just, like, Albie or Galley or whoever, and you just see all of this happening. And you're, like, inside a freaking box. You have no clue about the outside world, but then, like, in these few moments, you find out about everything. I don't know. That's just, that's so weird to think about. Like, imagine what you'd be going through. Honestly, I kind of do get Galley, though, because he went through the changing, and, like, he recognized Thomas. He knew there was, like, something wrong with him. And I mean, he wasn't wrong. They were, Thomas was literally helping Wicked. The thing is, Thomas as a kid was like trying to rebel against them, but then they started using like violence against him. So then he's like, you know what? Never mind. Well, I feel so bad for Mino and you. Like, as children. In general? Because <laughs> me too. That's the episode. Thank you for joining us on this episode of Bookish Besties. We are your co-host, Seher Abid. And I'm Taya. Make sure to follow us on Instagram and TikTok at the Bookish Besties. And we hope that you'll look forward to our next episode about the kill order and the fever code, which will be posted next week on Wednesday on Spotify and Apple Music. Mm -hmm.